0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Magic Beans Podcast. This is episode number 126 and my name is Cracker and I have a single bean in my good mate Chewy on the line with me. How you doing buddy? I'm good mate, how are you? Very well, very well. Mate, a bunch to talk about so let's kind of kick right into it. But uh, before we do that we were just having a chat about Josh and Pat's and the fact that you just won a sweet card. you want to tell everyone about it?
1: Uh. Yeah, so, well, Josh and Pat, first of all, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar sponsor the Magic Beans in our tournament series cast, and they are a Facebook auction group. So, you can jump over to jpmtgbazaar.com.au, or you can search up the group on Facebook. Either way, you'll find them, and you can bid on Sweet As Magic cards. And I was doing just that this week, and I picked up an absolute bargain. I got a foil Restoration Angel for two bucks. So... Absolutely incredible bargains to be had uh, from Josh and Patz. They've also got the uh, Win It Now uh, posts where you can just try to outrace waffle and pick up, you know, often play sets of things and some exciting stuff. And don't forget the premium auctions on the weekends as well. So jpmtgbizarre.com.au. Heaps of singles. They do giveaways with every set. And full-time auctioneer means that the postage and the communications are really, honestly, 2nd done. So, check them out and tell them that the Beans sent you.
0: Love it. For Resto. Can't wait to try and draft that in Twin for Cube. That Seems like fun. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, you just um, copy that with uh, Kiki-Jiki. Kiki-Jiki, right? Jiki, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it doesn't
0: work with the actual Twin. <laughs>
1: Uh, and no, not not quite. But no. yeah, it's good with Ki- good with Kikiji. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely good uh, addition to the
0: cube. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. Okay. So as I said, got a few things to go over. Uh, we were sort of chatting earlier in the day. I was like, oh, what is there? I was like, oh, there's all the new cards. There's just it's just perpetual preview season, man. So we've got. I love
1: it and hate it at the same time.
0: I know it's it's good for content, but it's just like so hard to keep up. Like, I remember when... Oh, man, I'm going to feel like such a boomer now. I remember when I knew all the cards, but we did. Like, <laughs> when there was only four sets a year, it was pretty easy to keep on top of things. And then you'd have, like, yeah. a commander product every couple of years. Like, they weren't even every year for a while there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then you, they introduced secret layers, so you got, like, a little sprinkling of that. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's relentless, right? There's uh, you, There was a time where you could have have a year where you you basically bought everything like you you would i'd buy a box or some singles or at least go to the pre-release for every new set mm-hmm. and uh you know you a master's set would come out or something like that where now it's just I'm, i actually because of the saturation i'm I'm probably actually buying less like sealed product so obviously i'm in the minority there because the, the profits that wizards are making there. uh they're obviously selling a lot of it. That's why they keep pumping it out. But, yeah, it's a little bit of uh, uh, overload at times. So I've had to kind of filter a little bit, focus on the competitive sets and such. But uh, my interest has been piqued over the last couple of weeks uh, mm. by what we've what we seen previewed. Uh, well, this week particularly, the two new sets that are. Yeah. So we've got exciting.
0: Commander Legends. Uh, which is coming again. This is the second time I've done it. And then also Warhammer 40k Commander Decks. So maybe let's start with there because, mate, the amount I know about 40k is that you've got a lot of it and you have to paint minis <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's my knowledge. So yeah. do you want to uh, fill so, in the good listeners as to what it is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So well, let's start with 40k was my first love when it came come to like nerd hobbies right so i i was introduced to it uh in primary school through space hulk uh which was uh you know a, a, a miniatures board or- game
0: <laughs> Some dude you went to primary <laughs> school with just called space hulk <laughs>
1: be a pretty sweet nickname no Ooh. but so it was uh, no sorry space crusade sorry was the, okay. the board game space space hulk was a, a different game but uh so hero quest and space hulk yeah i remember, uh, was, I remember hero quest. yeah that was kind of the gateway drug for a lot of people to get into it and uh yeah i oh, am naturally, I naturally gravitate towards sci-fi. I love fantasy, absolutely, but uh, sci-fi if I had to choose uh, would be my favorite. and yeah, I used to play that with my brother and then you know we you know save up pocket money Christmas birthdays, we'd get um get minis and uh, yeah we we'd start building um, you know, these armies and then mates at school got into it and you know, we would much like we do with magic, you know, like oh it's my birthday come for a draft, it's oh, it's my birthday, let's play some 40k. And I started my space wolf army when I was twelve or thirteen and I've still got some of those models. Um I've still got you know a sizable space wolf army. It's what it is my sort of go to army. The models that I painted with when I was thirteen, stay packed away. No one ever looks at those. They're terribly embarrassing. But uh, yeah, it's it's a really good hobby. From a uh, you know, there's a lot of diversity in it. There's the the painting, the modelling, the terrain creating, and then there's the actual play. Um, yeah. I, I I played exactly one tournament, one round in one tournament, and I was put off. Uh, I, I had a bit of a toxic experience, so I, I stopped. Uh, I won the round just just quietly uh, after the guy laughed at my army, and I beat him. And then I won, and then I dropped. So that 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 was pretty good. So undefeated in Warhammer Perfect k record. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, it, it is forty uh, k. It, it is set in the year forty thousand. So you know we're in twenty thousand and twenty two. So in the you know Wait, far t- future.
0: We're 20, in 2000, sorry. Yeah, not, yeah, not twenty Yeah, 20, yeah 20, I mean, yeah. COVID so, made it yeah. feel like 18,000 years, but yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, it is, yeah, in the in the distant future, mankind's, you know, explored the galaxy. There's uh, huge technological advances, but then there's also a lot of lost technology, which is interesting of itself. A whole bunch of alien races. Uh, they've effectively got a another dimension, which they use for interstellar travel, but it's the uh kind of the gateway for sort of dark and evil powers and so it's it, it it's a rich uh and interesting um literal universe to explore uh, it's got a lot of depth to it and uh, i i don't really play anymore but i i like it you know it's, it's a i i pay attention to what's coming out i uh i enjoy you know looking at the models people have painted. I like the PC games when they come out as well. So yeah, the the sort of the Warhammer universe is uh, something that is near and dear to me. And now I can get commander decks that you sure are, can. yeah, and and they look pretty cool actually from what we've seen.
0: Yeah, so we've got just a few cards, and we thought we'd you know talk about those quickly, uh, and then a couple of other bits of interesting information. So the first one is. Abaddon, the despoiler, I think is how you pronounce it.
1: Abaddon, Abaddon, it's a, yeah, there's there a go. different pronunciation. So I,
0: I imagine there's a Reddit thread about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. So Abaddon or Abaddon is, he's like the, the big bad. So the storyline, without having a four-hour podcast into the depths of it, the emperor, which is the guy who united mankind, used his own genetic material, not as gross as it sounds, to create at a whole bunch of uh what he called primarchs which were his uh like all uh his army basically and you know they went out and conquered the galaxy and they you know had the created legions of space marines um now abaddon was his favorite son was his uh sorry horus sorry was his favorite son and uh horus's uh, right-hand man his general was abaddon and the Emperor and Horus, there's a thing called the Horus Heresy. Horus turned to chaos, turned on mankind. Big fight on on Earth, or terror. And the Emperor killed Horus, but was mortally wounded, and he's now entombed on the Golden Throne. Um, so Abaddon then took command of the forces of chaos, and he uh, leads things called the Black Crusades, and uh he's kind of the the one the one person able to unite the different factions of of chaos he's and he's got he's got some pretty good cool, cool gear i would love I, we don't know the full composition of the the set yet but i would love to see some equipment so in the art he's got a sweet ass claw and that's called um the talon of horus and the sword that he's got it's called the drachnian and it's actually got the soul of a demon imprisoned in the sword. So, it can actually rend the fabric of time and space when you get hit by it. That's <laughs>
0: wow. Sick. Yeah. Okay, right? you are like, magic, hello.
1: Yeah. So, like, this is very, it's a very rich sort of thing. And look, it borrows a lot of elements from other fantasy and other sci-fi. Like, there's some original things, yeah, but then there's some, like, straight up plagiarism. Do, but it's, but it's cool, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a bad that a spoiler is. Uh, I'm excited to see him on a magic card. Uh, he is uh, Grixis and Grixis two legendary creature, Astartes Warrior. So Astartes is a Space Marine. He has Trample. He's a five five, and he has Mark of Chaos Ascendant, which reads: During your turn, spells you cast from your hand with mana value X or less have cascade, where X is a total amount of life your opponent lost this turn so you bash with a bad and say connect with five uh you know if he's unblocked then uh you can cast a spell and they have uh if you cast a spell that is uh you know five or less you get to cascade so it's pretty cool i i, I like it So he's a uh, you know he's he can unite the forces of chaos and, and, you know, bring more warriors to the fight. So it's flavorful, it's powerful, the art is ridiculous. I, I want it in foil. So, yeah, it's very, very...
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Interesting take on Cascade. It also says um, it's spells, so it scales nicely as you, you get more mana later into the game. A lot of the Cascade stuff will be like the first spell you cast this turn has Cascade or whatever, but it's just all of the spells you can cast, which is pretty cool. And it's for, yeah, whatever amount of damage you can do. So, it's not just damage by him. It can be, you know, some mass damage spell to all your opponents. You know, you can fireball for a bunch and then do something else. So, yeah, a bunch of different cool things you can get up to there. Yeah, it's it amazing. makes Very sense cool. that he's in Grixis if he's a chaos guy. Yeah. So, yep. I love the name of the next card. It is, I think, <laughs> there's not many cards with um, exclamation marks in it, but this one is Blood for the Blood God. And it is an instant With the mana cost of red, black, black, eight. Cheap. You know, simple 11 mana instant. And it says, discard your hand, then draw eight cards. Blood for the blood god deals eight damage to each opponent. Exile blood for the blood god. But the most important part of it says, this spell costs one generic less for each creature that died this turn.
1: Yeah, so... Blood for the Blood God is the 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 war cry, the battle cry for the worshippers of corn. And in the art, that uh, that that glyph is 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 corn's glyph. So that's the the mark of corn. Sure. So it is the uh so corn from an imagery perspective, giant demon dude who sits on his throne of bone, sits on the skulls of everybody who's been slain in his name. So, um his uh. Kind of the the aggressive, you know, red black. I'll sacrifice my myself or or my colleagues for the glory of corn, just to to sort of reap um death in his name. Mm-hmm. And uh, so again, really really flavorful and a uh, you know a very powerful uh, effect. And you know if you think about this in the context of commander, it's multiplayer. You know that eight. You know if someone plays a a sweeper, you know that, um you know, more than eight creatures could die quite easily. Yeah, in, it's just each person's
0: got two creatures, right?
1: Yeah, exactly right. So black, black, and one for you know Wheel of Fortune plus is yeah. is, is pretty decent. So very very flavorful. So uh, I'm not sure if they've you know what collaboration they've actually done um, with uh, Games Workshop here, uh, but I would say quite. Quite extensive, uh, because you know, as someone who you know loves magic and loves forty k, uh, the examples that we've got here seem like they're on the money. So, um, pretty excited by this. So, uh, there's opportunities for some really cool new cards. There's also, you know, they could reprint Plaguewind, and that could be a uh, a Nurgle card which has got a pestilence. And so, yeah, they've got a uh, a lot of design space to explore here. Speaking of reprints, there's another one here, which is Fabricate, mm-hmm. uh, which we all know and love. Uh, blue and two for a source search a for an artifact, put it in your hand, then shuffle. Uh, and then what we've got on there is part of the Adeptus Mechanicum, which are the tech priests. So in the 40k universe, Mars is a giant factory um, where they do a lot of R&D and uh, create a lot of stuff.
0: So, so that's what Elon's up to.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, okay, that, yeah, exactly, cool. right? He's now just I going understand. To,
0: good. All yeah. right, makes sense.
1: So, in another 38,000 years, yeah. look, this is what <laughs> Elon's going to be up to, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, worth noting that the um, Farrakid is a promo card. It's not actually in the Commander decks, but you can okay. get it uh, from your LGS on launch day. Uh,
1: yeah, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's
0: Commander good. Commander staple, like right? I like, yeah, absolutely. hundred And I like the fact that they're starting to do more of that because, you know, there was all that sort of... Blowback from Secret Lair is not being available in stores, but the fact that you can only get this particular version of the promo card is is nice from EuroGS.
1: Yeah, support Eurogears. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one other card here, Cracker. I, I mentioned Space Marines before. This one looks like it's a Space Marine.
0: Sure does. It's called Vanguard Suppressor. It's three and a blue for a 3 2 creature Astartes warrior. And it's uh, got flying. It also has a mechanic which says squad two. And it says as an additional cost to cast this spell, you may pay two any number of times when this creature enters the battlefield, create that many tokens that are copies of it. Uh, And it also says suppressing fire, which is obviously just some flavor, um, you know, rules text. But uh, whenever Vanguard suppressor deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So squad two, also known as uh, (laughs) multi-kicker. yes (laughs) yes <laughs> because every mechanic is just kicker uh yeah so three two that when it uh deals combat damage get to draw a card and if you fly yeah, out and you and can you create the game, you can... more
1: and more of them yeah so again it like a baden. it scales as the game goes on like you can mm-hmm. play this for four mana and you can play it for six and get multiple bodies and yeah i think so uh draws a lot of cards which is cool um now, it is worth noting that the Space Marines represented on this art the Ultra Marines, which are the uh, the bright blue guys, also known as Smurfs, or the one uh, legion that you'd never want to play. So if you think about getting into 40K, pick a different colour that everyone will thank you. So, <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. It's it's like, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, I'm trying to think of the magic equivalent. It's like playing Slivers or something, you know. it's Like, like playing
0: Mono does. White? Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: So. Uh, so I I'm really excited about this. Uh there's a number of decks um that are that are coming. So there is the uh the Tyranid Swarm, which are like your aliens, your Zerg, if you've ever played StarCraft, the Zerg pretty much just ripped off the Tyranids. Um and who ripped off alien, who ripped off, you know, so but um you so saw that swarm insectile um thing. So that may be and that's a Uh, red, blue, green deck. And then there is the Forces of the Imperium and they are Esper Colors uh, which is on theme. Very good. Uh, Then we've got the uh, mono-black Necron Dynasties. And Necrons are effectively the robotic undead. It's an ancient race that uh, as their bodies were dying, they basically put their souls into into a machine and that that's what they do, uh, and then there's the the Grixis the ruinous powers the Abaddon deck. So, yeah, and, and there's a collector's edition uh, of of each of those. Well, so that's the I'm most interesting to thing these. to me.
0: So they they're doing like the normal in quotes normal printing of the commander deck, but they're doing like a full on foil version of like every card with unique arts I think for a lot of it as well. So yeah, it comes fully foiled with never before seen special surge foil. So they've they've pimped out the deck for you. <laughs> which is which is interesting. So I'll i be keen to see how much they cost. I mean, like 40k is an expensive hobby, right? Is the other thing. So
1: Oh yeah, you think Magic's expensive.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I do, Uh, but I (laughs) I also know that 40k is very expensive as well. So it'd be interesting to see how much they're trying to leverage that and whether, you know, you've got like the the magic players who just buy the the normal editions and then the 40k players who are like, well, I want the fully sick thing, so give me the, the collector's edition. So I wonder whether we'll start seeing this more moving forwards with like Commander products. This is they I mean,
1: like the Lord of the Rings, is- which is coming out soon and such. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The universe is beyond, which is what this is called, where they're leveraging other IPs. Uh, tends to be their their testing ground for a lot of ideas, and then if they go well, they they seem to roll them into main sets of magic. So definitely yeah. interested to see what happens there.
1: I'm really keen to get these and keep them as a set of four and as a sort of a unique individual play experience. So it's like, do you want to play some 40k magic and and we'll just shuffle up these decks? Yeah. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. So, you know, and that, that's, you know, a nice little link to two of my, two of my passions. And, uh, it's cool to see some of those cards come to life in a different way.
0: I like it. All right. So the other thing that we've had previewed this week, it's, it's just like a commander podcast, mate, is, the Commander Legends Battles for Boulders Gate. So we've known about this one for a while. We've seen some of the cards for a while. But it looks like we've got, I don't know if it's the whole set, but like 241 cards have been previewed already, I think. It's, so it's, it's got to be most of the set if it's not the whole thing. And there's some interesting things going on here. So it is available as a draft experience. Uh, so they will have like draft packs, but every pack will come with, uh, hang on, I've got the, breakdown here so a legendary creature a planeswalker uh a legendary background which i will get into in a second a nod legendary rare or mythic rare and then like three on 13 commons and then like a foil and like an add or token card so there's a lot going on in these packs uh there's more cards than normal but the idea is that you can actually like draft a commander and play it as a commander in your limited deck which is interesting it's kind of and look, cool. they they did that last time as well, which is pretty sweet. Uh, so yeah, you can kind of draft around the color of a commander that you think is particularly strong, or you know whatever you'd like to do, however you want to build. It. And you don't have to, like you know, you can just play a five color pile. You don't have to have a you know on theme commander, but uh, it's definitely an option there, which is pretty cool. And look, I mean, it's just like more rares and mythics in a pack, which seems pretty good.
1: Yeah, I, I that that sounds pretty good. There's also set boosters. Um, there is, which they've got a different breakdown. They have one foil etched legendary creature or background, uh, rare or mythic rare and one boosters. Legendary creature or planeswalker, rare or mythic and fifty percent of boosters. So worth mentioning here that you could get booster packs with out of rare <laughs> in them. Um, then uh, there's a legendary background, uh, one rare or mythic rare. Sorry, in the set boosters there is one uh, traditional foil of any rarity uh one common or uncommon with the rule book treatment which uh look like the sort of uh first or second ed ones and we saw that with like the uh not the den of the bugbear the D set the D set yeah yep. yeah um for basic uh three commons uh that are connected thematically uh three uncommons that are connected thematically uh Two wild cards of any rarity. Does that mean? Uh, uh so
0: it's not tied to like the, the other ones are like they're thematically connected. So it could just be. Like, oh, okay. Just literally cards, just like yeah. a slot of like just two of any. It Sorry, could be, my could mind get, like, went to how on earth are they giving yeah. wildcards? Arena, arena wildcards in wild cards, yeah. physical packs? Oh, yeah, like an art packs card then.
1: or a foil stamped <laughs> art card, yeah, uh, and a token <laughs> or an ad. So yeah,
0: or a card from the lists. Importantly.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So that that's um that's optional as well so yeah the set mm. boosters uh, are pretty stacked but I, I do like the idea of drafting the set um, yeah I like drafting yeah and then there's collector booch.
0: there is we should talk about that real quick because they've they've announced the uh, collector boot oh no, it's the double masters never mind I was thinking of a different one that's alright yeah collector boosters are you know they come in packs of the boxes come in packs of 12 and they're usually about $300 Australian or something like that so a lot of money but usually really good EV um yeah so you know similar to what we've seen before as far as the the way that the packs break down but it's interesting that you know your normal draft booster comes with a couple of extra cards in it to, to let you kind of lean into the theme and you're never gonna open a pack without a legendary in it which is pretty cool I, I opened a bit of the Commander Legends last time uh you boys all kicked in and, and bought me a box and uh it was a lot of fun there's a lot of really strong stuff in there so should be sweet to do that again yeah awesome uh one of the things, uh, there's actually a bunch of mechanics and I thought it'd be good to just kind of run through these in a little bit because one of the cards we talked about was a legendary background, which is a what now? So uh, I will read from the Wizards page here. Backgrounds are a new type of enchantment. Legendary backgrounds represent a the story that brought your commander to the point where we find them now. Each one gives your commander a bonus that will help them and therefore help you in the game. Most often it comes as a bonus in the ability for your commander to gain something. So the example we've got here is uh, Cultist of the Absolute, which is a single black mana. It's a legendary enchantment background and it says commander creatures you own get plus three plus three and have flying death touch, ward pay three life and at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature. That is a lot of text. On it is it is an I, I like the
1: th- I like the theme of it so you know it's, that it's just it's through the one Dragons. creature Yeah yeah it is a but it, it's like they they they've hit the theme like the they've met the brief with with the theme with these where it's you know when you create a Dungeons and Dragons character you have you know mm-hmm. background traits that in that have mechanical um, impacts on on the on your character and and the way that they interact with and and this is the magic representation. Um, it 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 feels quite complex though. Like it makes sense. It's like oh, I'm my character is raised by giants, therefore I'm stronger. You know, I get extra sure. strength. So from from a D and D perspective, um, it is a you know a, a simple you know when you're creating your character. But the the magic card. <laughs> Uh, equivalent is is quite complex uh in in the mechanics so yeah i mean raised by giants is is one of these cards and it costs six uh five and a green and it says commander creed you own have base parentize 10 tenor giants to their other types so but it's the the choosing of it and and how they you know how you get them into play and things like that and you can have multiples right
0: like you yeah, you can. So you can just yeah. put them in your deck to be drawn, right? Like just like a normal card. But there's also some that will actually let you like run them in your command zone, which is okay. interesting. So there'll be specific legendary creatures that'll let you, um, can be played. Some legendary creatures in the set have, have an ability that lets you start the game with a background in the command zone. So if there's one thing we've learned from partners, if if you want to get into the... Look, or companions. everyone has different philosophies. Yeah, well, yeah, companions. Everyone has different philosophies on on how to play Commander. But if you're trying to be super optimized, that technically the less cards you have in your deck, the more consistent it is, right? Because you've always got some of those cards in your command zone. So if you can play two of them, then, you know, you, you get your little combos going on in the, the command zone. You can also, you know, verge out to different colors. Uh, but yeah, being able to put an enchantment that you can kind of cast... like. Always having a cultist of the absolute on turn one seems pretty great. Or you know, like noble heritage. You know, it's it's one at a white. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot that you can do by by having that ability. So it'd be You're interesting. Effectively to see. starting
1: with eight cards in your hand and
0: yeah, yeah you yeah. Well, more nine because you've got your commander,
1: commander as well. Yeah, and that's right.
0: You've or or even ten because you can potentially have two commanders plus a background. So. Wizards are certainly stretching out here as far as what they want to do, uh, which is interesting. Uh, they're saying it, it's treated as an individual commander. So if it gets exiled or whatever, you can put it back in the command zone and it actually has the commander ta- tax applied to it as well. So you don't even lose it permanently, which is which is pretty cool, very strong.
1: Yeah, and this is... I mean, we saw an expansion of the command zone when they introduced partners and this is the, mm-hmm. the next sort of iteration, right? So mm-hmm. it's... Uh, like you said, very powerful. So the command zone is definitely something that's being explored and expanded through these sets. And uh, I I think I like it. Uh, I, I think I want to play a few games with it, but I, I think I like the expansion uh, in principle. How do yeah. you feel about it?
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen different takes on this. So there was the eminence mechanic from a few sets ago. Actually, it's a bunch of sets ago now, where your commander had like a static ability that happened when it was in the command zone. Didn't like uh, No, some of those were just too powerful. Uh, The the first one that was like, that was Aloro, which is going back a very long time, but you just, at the beginning of your upkeep, you gained two life. You didn't have to meet any conditions. So you literally started like turn one on 42. Pretty, (laughs) very annoying for, for a lot of decks. And then, you know, you've got cards like Edgar which just spews out. You're actually better off not casting your commander, which feels like the exact opposite point of the whole game. And, and that, uh, that's
1: what I don't like about it. And the, uh, the blue-red one that Shorty plays, and then there's the Ur-Dragon and, and things yeah. like that, that the, the effect on the game is, yeah, uh, you know, because you can't interact with something in the command zone. So Correct. And that's the thing. Like, I'm all for powerful stuff as long as I've got the option to, to interact with it in some yeah. way so but yeah. when you can't then that's annoying
0: and the other one along those lines is the experience counters so that's like meron where you know whenever a creature dies uh meron gains well, you gain an experience counter as the player so it's not meron so whenever you know you have uh one of those i think there's four or five of those commanders that, that did the same thing Shorties is the experience counter one uh, where I, yeah. it makes your x spells cheaper um for N- N- ig magnus whatever it's called um Mizzix, yeah. But um, that's also another interesting thing. So look, they've definitely explored different ways of doing things with commanders in the zone and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's cool. Uh, I'm, I'm for it. And, you know, if we only end up with a few, there's, there's usually one or two that ends up being better than the others. And, you know, that's okay. I don't think it's going to break the game or anything like that and make it horrible. You can always well, rule yeah. zero it out if it's a particular issue for you. You know, you can have that conversation. So
1: Exactly right. That, that's always that safety net. And as I said, yeah. thematically, from a Dungeons & Dragons perspective, uh, look at tonight, man! Like Magic, Dungeons and Dragons, and Forty K. Like I'm, I'm pumped about this podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Like, I thematically, I think it's it's great. It's a good implementation of it. um The cards seem powerful without being busted, and and that's a good thing. If you've got access to them all the time, you know, if they're super powerful and cheap, that's when they become a problem, or super repeatable. But you know. Some some cost six, right? Which you know, in commander isn't the end of the world, but you know, at the end of the day, they're still all enchantments that can be interacted, with, even if you can rebuy them. So, yeah, and, yeah, well,
0: I- they're also encouraging you to play your commander. Like, you know, your commander creatures get this. If you don't have your commander in play, then it's not doing anything. So, exactly. like they're, I they're, like they're, the fact that's a that, blank that piece it's of the opposite of right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the opposite of eminence, where it's encouraging you to like play your commander as often as you can, which yeah. I think is a a really like, a good part of the game, personally. I know not everyone feels that way, but, you know, that's that's fine.
1: I've got some uh, decks, I've got some commander mm-hmm. decks that I absolutely have to have the, my commander in play, and mm-hmm. uh, like Joyra, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But and then I've got other decks that, you know, I, it doesn't matter so much. It's good if I've got the commander in play, but, you know, like Goshen Tai of Life's Origin, right? It's the deck's better if the commander sticks, but... You know i'm not relying on resolving and, and keeping you know one three four creature around so i, I think it's, you know some decks want their commander more than others this this you know leans into wanting it and and i'm all for it i think it's good
0: yeah well i mean particularly when in in, in the context of this set as a standalone all of the legendary creatures are characters from Baldur's gate for the most part you know they're all like known adventurers so it is the pcs right your, your player characters that you're bringing out so you want them involved in the game that's the whole point of dnd uh exactly so one of the things that's important part of D is the initiative oh boy do you want to do well in your initiative roles uh so the way that this works is actually it's the same as the monarch which we've seen in the conspiracy sets uh and basically what it says is um the example here is white plume adventure. It's two and a white for a three, three. It's a creature or cleric. And it says when white plume adventure enters the battlefield, you take the initiative. And then at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, untap a creature you control. If you've completed a dungeon, untap all creatures you control instead. Wow. It, which is pretty great. And so there's a couple of other things that happen. So you can take the initiative from someone by dealing combat damage to a player, which is the same way you you take the Monarch. Uh, and then the other thing it says is, uh, whenever with the initiative, whenever one or more creatures a player controls deal combat damage to player, they take the initiative. And sorry, whenever you take the initiative, you, whenever you take the initiative, at the beginning of your upkeep, venture into the Undercity, which is another dungeon, which so makes a lot So we've got of
1: sense. a new dungeon. So we've got the the Lost Mine and and all the rest of it. Now we've got mm-hmm. the Undercity, which is yeah very cool okay uh, I like it um, more more dungeons and there's obviously a, a bunch of uh, cards with venture into the dungeon the set mm-hmm. um, which is uh, which is cool like I, I I liked that from a you know a limited perspective I've never played a constructed deck with venture into the dungeon but uh, you know did get played in alchemy at the
0: there was that one time. That
1: one time, yeah. <laughs> where
0: people played alchemy, and there was an adventure deck that was good. Yeah,
1: but I I found it a fun limited mechanic. I, I did enjoy that, and yeah, there's for those that you know into Baldur's Gate that have read the books, played the games, all the rest of it. There's a lot of places and characters here that are um, going to
0: straight uh, out of the pages. Sorry, they're right, going. to... They're, they're straight out of the pages. Straight of the book. out of they're, the pages. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah exactly. So uh, that's very very.
0: So yeah, dungeons are making a reappearance. Uh, with the uh, initiative specifically, it does say venture into Undercity. So you don't get to choose to do like the Lost minds of Phandelver or something like that, which makes sense. But you will with uh, other dungeon cards be able to choose any of the dungeons from the Adventures in Forgotten Realms. So uh, you'll have an extra one now, which is pretty cool. I'm not going to go through all the options in the Undercity because there's a lot. It's a fairly complicated one. Looks like there's five steps to reach the last part of that dungeon, so you know there's there's a there's a lot that goes on there. But um, that's cool. I think that's a, a big flavor win. Um, and I don't know. There's there's some cards we should talk about some of the cards. We've yeah,
1: seen. you said at the start there was well probably very close to the full set being previewed. So what's mm-hmm. jumped out at
0: you? I mean, there's there's a lot. There's there's some really good reprints, and maybe we just talk about those quickly and, and kind of get them out of the way a little bit. Uh, Arcane Signet is a really strong mana rock. It, there's some good arguments that it's too strong and it shouldn't have been made, but here it is. It's two mana for a artifact that says, add one mana of any color in your commander's identity, which is pretty great. Uh, there's also reprints of the battle bond jewel lands. So those are the ones that enter the battlefield untapped if you have two or more opponents and they're the what do we say? They were the allied colors.
1: Yeah. Allied.
0: Which is, which is good. So there's, you know, luxury suite and morphic pool and, and that kind of, uh, set of lands again. Uh, and then there's a card over here. That's a reprint that I think I've seen Newcastle more than anybody else. I know in basilisk collar.
1: Oh, I love putting basilisk collar on a uh, walking blister.
0: Yeah. Is, I'm not a fan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. A very fun thing to do in Eldrazi Tron. And I've, you know, it's a card we've seen before, but I tell you what, the art is amazing on,
0: on this is, version. The art is awesome.
1: I, I want to foil one of those for my Etron sideboard for sure.
0: They'll yeah, look very, definitely. very, good. Pretty happy to see uh, so, it. So, yeah, it's it's an equipment. It costs a single generic mana. It says, Equipped Creature has Death Touch and Lifelink and an equipped cost of two. So, that's a card that hasn't seen many reprints. Uh, and, you know, it's it's seen a few, but they're in like all the, the master sets and things. But, yeah, this this new art is is fantastic. Yeah, check it so, out if
1: you haven't um, if you haven't looked at it yet you'll you'll want one. Uh, sure. A card that jumps out at me is mm. a, a a classic something you can't really play Dungeons and Dragons without, and that is your Monster Manual. So for those who don't know, the Monster Manual is basically your compendium of all of the creatures and races and things that you will encounter and potentially fight. Uh, in, in your D&D. and so the way it's represented here is it is an artifact that costs three and a green and it has two sides of it one side is sorcery adventure so which is something that we haven't seen since eldraine but mm-hmm. uh, mill five cards then return a creature card milled this way to your hand uh so it, you know two and a green and you can uh you know hopefully draw a creature. Uh, it, but the other side is one and a green tap. You may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. So, you know, we've seen things like uh, Elvish Piper and mm-hmm. what's the artifact that costs four and then puts a creature into play? Quicksilver um, Talisman or something? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so this this is a... that co- That's four to play, four to activate. And Elvish Piper... You know, is a
0: reserve list card.
1: Reserve list card, yeah. Uh, so, so, and and has summoning sickness. So, whereas the the monster manual, I think for those decks that want that effect, a it, it's an extra, you know, it's extra redundancy, uh, but it's also, uh, you know, arguably better. And it also has the other side as well, which is the the adventure um, for me. so. Uh, pretty pretty sweet card, and for for decks that are just going to want to put you know giant things, you know all the mogs and things like that onto the battlefield, then yeah, you know, this is definitely what they want to have <laughs> you know this is their show and tell sneak attack, uh, quicksilver amulet, uh, f- best friend, so pretty excited about that, and I think yeah, it's gonna slot into a lot of already existing decks as straight up.
0: Yeah, the the broken thing about this which might not be immediately clear is that you just do it at instant speed and like you don't have to sacrifice it. It's not like oh, activate this only as a sorcery. So it's like one of a green and I declare attackers, you attack into my indestructible <laughs> giant thing or, you know, you can really blow people out by the threat of activation on this card. So uh, yeah, it's very strong. And and look, sweetheart, it's got like a Beholder and a Tarrasque and, and stuff in it, which is both cards that you could cheat into play. I don't know that you would, but you can.
1: If you're going for the theme, you could That's definitely true. do that. But you could also put in, you know, giant Eldrazi, uh, Terastodons and all those things. So, the, yeah, the Elder Brain. Yes. So yeah, there's <laughs> a yeah, <laughs> a lot of uh, a, a lot of broken, very powerful variations that cheat into play with this. Uh, what else have you got there that jumps out at you?
0: So one of the ones that I saw is. Tasha the Witch Queen, and As it, in it kind Tasha's of jumps out. Hideous laughter. Exactly. Yes. So this is the witch herself. A uh, couple of interesting lines of text here. First of all, Tasha the Witch Queen can be your commander. Uh, she is a planeswalker, legendary planeswalker Tasha. Uh, it is three blue and a black, and she has a starting royalty of four. Uh, whenever you cast a spell you don't own, create a three-three black demon creature token. Uh, her plus one ability is for each opponent, or draw a card, for each opponent, exile up to one target instant or sorcery card from that player's graveyard and put a page counter on it. And then minus three, you may cast a spell from among cards in exile with page counters on them without paying its mana cost. Nice. I don't know how good this thing is, but it's just cool that, like, you, you know, we were talking about the characters right out of the book. I mean, Tasha's his Laughter in, in DD is a very classic spell. We've talked about that you know a bunch of times but it's it's cool to see that you know here's the thing and you know if you cast her laughter first and mill your opponent for a whole stack and then plus one you've got a lot of different choices it's not like you're just exiling one card you know you can kind of pick anything in their graveyard so yeah this seems sweet very very flavorful with the existing card that, that matches her namesake so i thought that one was fun
1: very thematic. Um, talking about graveyards, uh, mm. one of the ones that jumped out at me is uh, Nautoloid Ship, which is mm-hmm. a uh, an artifact vehicle, costs four, and it's a five-five. It has flying and three. And when Nautiloid Ship enters the battlefield, exile target player's graveyard. When Nautiloid Ship deals combat damage to a player, you may put a creature card exiled with it, onto the battlefield under your control like that's pretty sweet and there's a lot of commander decks that you know are going to you know Muldrotha, right it's mm-hmm. going to put a lot of things into her graveyard and a lot of them are quite spicy you can get a lot of <laughs> get a lot of value and a uh, potential complete blow out there if unchecked so uh, you know some things have to go right for you to to do this but it's such a powerful effect that's that sort of effect, that super big swingy thing, but you've got to get all of your stars aligned, that's the commander that I want to play, where it's like, I'm going to do this thing. Have you got a way to stop me? If not, I'm going to have so. And it's a uh, a, a very cool uh, card in and of itself. Uh, great art again. So, yeah, Nautilus ship that's uh, going to exile some graveyards for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm conflicted about that one because I hate having my graveyard exiled. But I love putting creatures into play from from, from graveyards, <laughs> yes. so I don't know what to do. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like a lot of value, and look the five mana for crew three seems pretty strong as well. Bunch of stuff you can do there. Uh, what else? You what got? else is there? So, Fal Dawn, Dread Wolf Herald. Uh, which is actually one of the face commanders from the pre-cons. Uh And this is one green red for a 3-3. It is a legendary creature, human druid. Whenever you cast a spell from exile or a land into the battlefield under your control from exile, create a two-tune green wolf creature token. Solid. one Yeah. So uh, And then it's colorless, tap, discard a card, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. Hey, Chewy, do you remember that card you said before called... Monster manual. Mm. Guess what happens when you put spells on adventure? They go on exile.
1: They do go on exile.
0: So a bit of a combo there with yeah. being able to, you know, gain some value, whether she's in the ninety nine or whether they're, you know, they're in the in the command zone. Um, definitely some, you know, some token nonsense you can get up to there, and and like a lot of very strong uh, adventure creatures, as we know from Eldraine. So it'd be interesting to see if there's kind of I believe that the deck is definitely themed around that, which is pretty cool. So it'd be fun okay. to see how that one plays out.
1: Love it. Um just one more for me that uh really jumps out. Um mm-hmm. and it's one of the one of the legendary creatures. It is Baba Lasaga, Night Witch. And you can see the witch on you know on her hut there, uh to witch hag things. Uh so she is one black green legendary creature, human warlock three three. And she has a Sacrificer up to three permanents. If there were three or more card types amongst the Sacrificed permanents, each opponent loses three, three life, you gain three life, and you get cards. So combo potential and just like value grind, like classic green-black increment advantage thing. So uh, interestingly, if you sacrifice an artifact creature or an enchantment creature, that you only have to sacrifice one permanent to meet two of the three card type mm-hmm. um flaws there so you can you know build your deck in in a way to really get value out of that and to get a you know some recursion going you know probably friends with merin and a yeah a, a cool design space to explore uh, to to build a deck. So we'll go into some existing decks but also yeah interested to just build a you know mid power level value with potential combo shenanigans uh with Baba Saga as well. She's pretty cool. I don't she's not going to be like a CEDH commander, mate, not that I can tell on face value. Maybe someone will prove no. me wrong, but uh I think she's uh got got the potential to build a fun and interesting deck.
0: Yeah, for sure. Definitely a lot of synergies you can build around there. Uh, I think the last card that we would be remiss if we didn't talk about is Baldur's Gate. (laughs) Seems like we should probably talk about that in the Baldur's Gate commander set. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I agree. it, It is a legendary land. It taps for colorless and then it says to tap, add X mana of any one color where X is the number of other gates you control. So it, it is a
1: gate itself as well, so...
0: It is a gate itself, correct. So, yeah, you can tap to tap it and add one colour yeah. if that's the only gate. Yeah, it's not very good. Uh, Maze's End is a card that people have tried to make work as, like, sub-themes for Commander decks for, since Commander existed. Uh, so, y- you know, they are very cheap. You know, they're all commons, the gates, except for a couple of exceptions. This one's a rare... But uh, for the most part, you can get them very cheaply. And, you know, they, they do fix... They're slow because they all enter tapped, except this one. But uh, they, they do fix your mana for, for a couple of different colours. So, if gates are your jam, here you go. And, it's you know, if you've got four or five gates in a the play, then, you know, that's, that is a lot of acceleration. It's a lot of mana. Even if it is just the one colour, I don't quite get that part. But, you know, I guess there's got to be some restrictions on it.
1: Well... It's a, it's a bit of a callback to, like, mechanically, it's uh, the Gates version of, like, Cabal Coffers, right? So... Yeah. It's yeah, just that, Cabal that got broken with Urborg. <laughs> so uh, there's no, like, Urborg for Gates. But, yeah, I I think this is, you know, thematically pretty cool. Uh, people have wanted Gates commander decks for, for some time. This this gives you uh, a little boost there. Uh, you know... Have at it, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool.
0: It is cool, uh and very sweet art on Fireball as well. I don't know if uh, you saw that one.
1: L- do you notice also that lightning in the set?
0: Oh, I didn't.
1: As as I read, so oh, that's cool. Yeah, if I didn't say that, then Shorty's like shouting at his podcast thing, like talk about fire, uh, talk yeah, talk about lightning bolt. But <laughs>
0: Look, yeah, that's it.
1: But yeah, there's some there's some cool. um uh, you know, versions of that as well, like all of the, what is, what's the art treatment called again? Uh, well,
0: looks like the the rule book, it's something I... I yeah,
1: forget. yeah, the rule book one, yeah. Um, so the the one in the regular printing of Lightning Bolt looks like D&D Lightning Bolt, where, you know, deals damage to stuff in a straight line, but then the, the rule book one well. So I like that a lot. So I'm yeah. looking forward to this set. This should be should be good fun. There's going to be some improvements to some of my existing decks. I might be inspired to build some new decks, and I wouldn't mind drafting it.
0: Yeah, I didn't get to draft it last time. Uh, I was just reading in the the um uh, the the rules or the information about it, and the you actually build uh, sixty card draft decks rather than forty card. Okay. So yeah, yep. sixty card plus like a commander or. 60 card including commander i guess it is so yeah it's um they're they're much bigger which explains because you know you've obviously got additional cards in the packs which is kind of how you you get around to those as well so very cool uh yeah i hope we get a chance to do that otherwise you know just cracking some for some fun is always always a good time and yeah i mean there's there's they kind of go to town in these sets and there's something in here for everybody so you know we've kind of picked a few that grabbed our interest, but I'm sure if we we went deep, there'd be cards that we would immediately find homes for in existing decks and things like that. But, you know, there's 240 cards and we have jobs and kids (laughs) and other things that we do. Yeah, I'll
1: get through them eventually. I just haven't. We definitely will. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely some that jumped out. Uh, If you have some that, you know, you really want to share with us and you want to uh, build a deck and you want some help doing that, I recommend jumping in Commander channel on the Magic Beans Discord. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'll i throw you in the deep end and ask you to pop a link to that into the show notes, which I think is... Persi- yeah, you know, the, the Discord is always in the show notes. Yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of Commander uh, chat goes on there and occasionally even in some games organized over webcam and, and such. So uh, it's a good place to be or, uh, you know, get your Commander fix. Very fun.
0: Yeah, Uh Worth pointing out, this set is coming out on the tenth of June, is when it's released. So that will be in time for you to get cards for Command Fest, which is coming up. Oh, well, the, yeah, that's the great. the end of June. That's in in Australia, the one in Sydney at least is the um the weekend of the twenty fifth to the twenty sixth, I believe, up in Sydney. So yep. if there's something in here, you'll you'll have time to to get your hands on those, which is which is pretty cool. I think that just about does it. Oh, there's the um. The other thing we should chat about quickly is the ESL ANZ Champs. Uh, The second round of that is starting this weekend. Uh, It's free entry. We've talked about this a bunch. Uh, If you're interested in that, you can just Google ESL ANZ Champs and you'll find links to to register for those. Uh, They're all standard on Arena. Uh, A couple of the players from the the Discord did really well last time. We had some people up in the top eight and also coming second, I believe. So if you're going to be involved in that, jump into the general channel or the standard channel and just let people know what you're up to and what you're playing and, you know, you can come in for some congratulations or commiserations depending on how you're doing. Everyone's usually pretty invested in how everyone else in the Beans community is going. So if you're into that, let us know because we'd, we'd love to kind of follow along with your record and see how you go.
1: What that feels like is when you are when you go to a tournament with your mates and you all meet up at the end of the round and, you, are, you know, my, my opponent... Lux act, or you know, I made this sweet play, and I and you kind of debrief about your round, good or bad, and but instead of just having you know the handful of mates that you do, you've got a couple hundred people in the Discord that are all interested and will either you know pick you up if you're feeling down and and you're on the verge of tilting, or you know they'll uh, they're in your corner cheering you on cheering you on if you're doing well. So uh yeah, let us know if you're playing. Uh, I may play. I'll see how I go in in the afternoon on saturday but uh i'm, I'm probably a 20 percent chance of being able to play got a few things to do still settling into the house got some furniture like to put together, unpack
0: some uh, more boxes
1: <laughs> yeah that sort of stuff so yeah. yeah yeah but i would like to play but yeah not not lock in as such
0: yeah i think there's a, a couple more i'm pretty sure there was four in total for this run uh this season so there's still a couple more opportunities and like we've said in the past uh if you you know you do really well and you spike it, you get to kind of qualify into the the next stage of this event. So yeah, certainly worth checking out. There's some good price support as well, so worth having a look into. Apart from that, uh, we are now nearly a week into our league for Streets of New Capenna. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping some games are happening. I, I've seen I have seen there's a few people having issues with the way that you can challenge people for, at the moment. So It seems like friends lists is the way to go now as opposed to direct challenge uh, as opposed to last time where it was not that it was the opposite. So thanks wizards. Hopefully there's an update that will come out in the next day or two to fix some of those issues. Otherwise, if you want to check us out, you can do that on all of the usual usual places. YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. We're Magic Beans cast everywhere. If you want to support us directly, you can do that through our merch store. Uh, that's all through Redbubble now. We've got heaps of sweet gear on there. Kind of anything you can imagine printing a logo on, you can get a logo on it. So head over there and check some of that stuff out. And of course, as we talked about at the top of the show, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar with their awesome daily auctions help us put this on and you know the price support for the tournament series. So big thank you to those guys as always. Uh, if you wanted to check me out directly, you can do that either through the Discord or on Twitter. I am at joel hill underscore and chewy U R. are
1: at chewy mtg
0: thank you very much everyone nice to hang out with you again and we will catch you all next week